The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. Let me take a moment to welcome listeners from coast to coast, as well as our friends in Hawaii and Alaska and members of our armed forces, especially those of you joining us from abroad over the Internet today. I also want to thank the folks at WCPT in Chicago for hosting me while I'm here on a speaking engagement. Their engineering and management staff have been just terrific. In just a moment presidential candidate and environmental and social activist Jill Stein will be joining us to talk about how to improve the accuracy of tallying votes, whether you're a staunch Republican or a devoted Democrat or somewhere in between, protecting elections from hacking, fraudulent votes and miscounting is something we can all get behind. And now that the election is over and we have a new president, what better time than to use our foresight to head off controversy and recounts in the future? But before Ms. Stein joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about her background. Jill Ellen Stein was born in Chicago and earned her undergraduate and medical degrees from Harvard University. After graduating, she practiced medicine for 25 years, also taking time to teach medicine. As a physician, Stein grew increasingly concerned about the link between toxic exposure in the environment and human health issues. In 2002, she was recruited by the Green Rainbow Party to run against Mitt Romney in the Massachusetts governor's race. Two years later, she ran for state representative, and in 2006, she made a bid for secretary of state. She was also a candidate in the 2012 and 2016 presidential elections. Stein has spent much of her life helping grassroots organizations to organize in a way that their voices successfully shape public policy. Beginning in the late 90s, she was instrumental in shaping policy designed to eliminate mercury and dioxin contamination from the burning of waste. And you also know Stein from her regular appearances on Fox, CNN, and other major networks. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report 2012 and 2016 Green Party presidential candidate Jill Stein. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Stein. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Really great to be with you. Thank you for that very kind uh, introduction. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, I I didn't know as much about your background as I thought I had researched during the (laughs) presidential election, but the deeper I got, the more it made me feel like an (laughs) underperformer. I need to to work harder. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I feel like we're all doing our part. You know, I describe myself in general as a mother on fire. You know, and, and from my perspective, my vantage point as a medical doctor, you know, I just saw our kids getting really sick, and suddenly we had this new epidemic of asthma, and then childhood cancers were going up, and childhood diabetes, and, you know, it just got me asking some questions. So as a mother on fire, I kind of went from one area to another and finally wound up with our political system as, what should we say, kind of an obstruction to fixing these really critical problems so you know like but so I many other people how, out there <laughs> i think that's how you ought to be drawn into politics i think you ought to have a mission or see yeah. that something's wrong and eventually work your way into into politics when you can't remedy what is wrong and you know that's pretty much i think the story of your rise in politics now as much as yeah. i like to you know talk about politics i more importantly i think <laughs> it's important to focus on how how do you fix things So if it's okay with you, 
I want to begin with what it was that caused a group of computer scientists, election lawyers, and you to suspect the tallying process of votes was off in the 2016 election. I want to start with what the basis was for the recount. Great. So, you know, I was approached by a group of uh, computer scientists and attorneys uh, who have long been committed to fixing a system which was extremely vulnerable even before you saw these red flags in the results. So, you know, from the get-go, we have these newfangled machines which have been around for, you know, 10 or 15 years, but... You know, before that, we used to vote on pieces of paper that were counted by people with, with eyeballs. And as our voting system has become more uh, mechanized and more technical, we haven't really had a chance to look at what this system is and, and is it performing well? Is it secure? Is it vulnerable to machine error and human error and all those things? And what these experts can tell you is that, in fact, they are, that these voting machines are basically an invitation to hacking, to tampering, to errors of all sorts. And this has been known for quite some time, yet these are – uh, they're, they're handled privately. They are privately owned and managed. Uh, they are privately maintained and calibrated, but they don't have internal quality controls. When we have questions about, uh, say, a sports game you know, that we're watching on TV and there are questions about the outcome, we have an instant replay and we can look at where the ball landed from many points of view. We don't have that in our voting system. We've got vulnerable machines, but we don't have uh, any way to ensure that we are being delivered an accurate and secure vote that we can trust. So that was the background. And then in terms of the specific outcome in this election, you had these indicators which we use, that is the U.S. government and our State Department, uses certain kind of indicators when we look at elections abroad. And one of those indicators are the exit polls. And you expect to see exit polls where people are basically asked when they're coming out of the polls, how did they vote? You expect to see some kind of correspondence between what people say and what the vote shows. And uh, in this election, we had just a remarkable uh, conflict between what people said and what the vote actually showed. And uh, that conflict was also there between what polls predicted right up to the time of the election. So that was one red flag. And then there were several other red flags, including really high numbers of blank votes. Why would people stand in line sometimes for hours, uh, especially in low-income communities, and then just leave their votes blank? So there were... Um, uh, several states where there were very high numbers of blank votes, in fact, in the state of Michigan, mm -hmm. the number of blank votes exceeded the margin of difference, the margin of victory, by something like 700 percent. So it was those kind of red flags that made these computer scientists uh, come to me and say, would you uh, be willing to be our candidate of record so that we could actually look at these results, not necessarily to change the results, because that's a very big road to hoe, but to have an opportunity to look at our voting system and see whether or not it's actually working, is it reliable or not. Now, what was the reason for picking Wisconsin, Chicago, and Pennsylvania specifically? Great. So uh, it was actually Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, and Pennsylvania. Oh, that's right, Michigan. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. sitting here in Chicago. <laughs> Right. And everywhere I look in the studio, it says Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. And I know I know you were raised in this area, too. So, That's yes, right. Michigan, Wisconsin, Michigan and Pennsylvania. There you go. Yes. Though, though our hearts are in Chicago. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, there were red flags that were specific to each of those states. So number one was that they had extremely tiny margins, like on the order of less than half of a percent. Um, and those uh, the results were also the opposite uh, of what was predicted, although we didn't know the outcome uh, of the election in two of those states. When those three states were chosen, they were chosen mainly because their numbers were so extremely close. And in Michigan in particular, you had very high numbers of blank votes. And I think that was true also in Pennsylvania. 
in Wisconsin, uh, one of the other red flags was that they're using a form of a voting machine which has been banned in other states that have taken a close look at these issues. I see. Now, we have to take our first break, uh, but we'll be right back with more from Jill Stein. You're listening to the Costa Report. Hi, I'm Joan London. If you're worried about your parent or loved one living alone, like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call a place for mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. Finding an apartment that was on the courtyard with the view of the trees, the view of the ducks, the stream, the creek, all of that, that was what I needed. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. Here's the number. To speak with a local senior living advisor, call a place for mom at 800-451-2976. That's 800-451-2976. A place for mom is a free service and you can trust them to help you. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. To speak with a local senior living advisor, call a place for mom at 800-451-2976. That's 800-451-2976. Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, cookbook author and culinary expert. Strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries. Dole has a bounty of berries ripe for the picking. Fresh berries are not only delicious, but some of the most powerful disease-fighting foods available. Researchers have found that berries have some of the highest antioxidant levels of any fresh fruits. So add a handful or two of your favorite berries to your next meal and enjoy their nutritional benefits and natural sweetness in all of your dishes, from salads to desserts and everything in between. For fresh tips and ideas from Dole's berry experts, visit berries.dole.com. And be sure to check out the pages of mouthwatering recipes. Whether it's a sweet and savory blueberry cranberry chicken salad or a simple strawberry sorbet, Dole has the perfect berry to inspire your next berrylicious dish. Hi, it's Charlie from the Garden Company, your locally owned garden center. We finally have a real winter with cool, rainy weather, perfect conditions for planting roses, fruit trees, and berries. The bare root season offers the best selection and lowest prices of the year for new varieties and old favorites. And dormant plants readily adapt to their new homes with an explosion of growth in spring and summer. Imagine cutting a bouquet of roses to brighten your kitchen counter or harvesting bowls of fresh organic blueberries, raspberries, apples, apricots, nectarines, peaches, or plums. It's easy to do, and we can teach you everything you need to know about selection, location, planting, and care. Grow a climbing rose on a trellis. Plant an espaliered apple against a fence or save space with a pear tree that has four varieties on one trunk. Let us show you all the possibilities at The Garden Company, 2218 Mission Street, across from Safeway on the west side of Santa Cruz. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thegardenco. The Garden Company Nursery and Gift Shop, proud member of Think Local First. Introducing the essence of Ricochet, a bold new men's scent that captures the unique muskiness of the man himself. Look for it in the fragrance aisle at finer department stores everywhere. Would you buy a scent of me if I bottle me? No. It'll be ele- I take that as a compliment. The elements of sandalwood. Okay, I like dry sandalwood. blood from a nosebleed. <laughs> so there'll be some rusty qualities. <laughs> a little bit of lasagna. <laughs> now I do have some German in there. Some, you know, a little schnitzel. Or maybe a little sausage. <laughs> it'd be a it'd be a nice sandalwood lasagna <laughs> bloody <laughs> sausage mix. And you're gonna say that's Rick. Don't miss Good Morning Monterey Bay weekdays six to nine a.m. on KSCO and listen anytime on the KSCO mobile app.
Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is 2016 presidential candidate and environmental and social justice advocate, Jill Stein. And before the break, we were talking about what actually prompted the 2016 recount. And it was a number of factors, from an unusual number of completely blank votes in low-income areas to discrepancies between exit polls and actual votes, as well as the use of error-prone voting machines in states where the results were extremely close. Now, in Wisconsin, your suspicions were confirmed. The recount revealed that Donald Trump received 313 additional votes. Is that right? Uh, You know... Something on that order, but Mm -hmm. let me say that the recount in Wisconsin uh, didn't take place where it was most needed, and that is in the low-income communities. Uh, And the reason it was most needed there is because that's where machine errors uh, most occur, um, and sometimes outright machine failures. Uh, And the problem is that while a Wisconsin judge said, yes, these should be hand-counted, uh, that's really the, uh, the gold standard for checking on these machines. In other words, it's not a real recount if you check on the machine by putting the ballot through the same machine, because if it's improperly calibrated or improperly programmed, you're going to get the same result. It's like measuring twice with the same bent ruler. So uh, the hand count, while the judge recommended it, he couldn't uh, enforce it, or so he thought. Mm-hmm. So about half of, half of Wisconsin, half of voters did not have the benefit of getting their votes actually recounted by hand. They only had their votes recounted by the same machines that we were supposed to be cross-checking against. So we don't actually know what a recount would have produced uh, in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And there were many votes that were incorrect, Uh, on the order of uh, tens of thousands of votes that were incorrect uh, and which were changed over and, you know, through the recounts that did take place. But they they mostly balanced each other out. What would Mm -hmm. have happened in the low-income communities might have been very different because that's where you tend to get the Democratic votes. And had those votes been counted correctly, we might have a very different result. So we're really left not knowing. The main thing we know is that the system is rather hostile to recounts and jumps through all kinds of hoops in order to shut the recount down. You're absolutely right about that. It is hostile to recounts and it's hostile to actually looking and going after evidence in a scientific way. Because one of the things, you know, one of the basic tenets, of course, you know this, is in science is you have to have a repeatable result. So exactly. each and every time you do a recount, you should get the exact same number down to the you know single digit. There should be no reason that you would have any variation at all. Uh, and uh, and this is what I, I find uh, very disconcerting. Now, you faced other obstacles as well. Uh, I believe in Michigan, they were complaining that it was going to cost $12 million to do a recount. And I... I I don't know. Yeah, I'm from Silicon Valley originally, and mm-hmm. when somebody tells me it's going to take twelve million dollars to verify anything, it 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 makes me wonder. Well, how were you doing it in the first place? It ought to be a couple of buttons or a few people mm-hmm. that could verify them. I I I didn't understand the expense. Why so expensive? Does every single vote have to be handled by an individual and verified and go down a long line of human beings? Uh, well, you know, it's uh, yes, but it's mostly volunteers, uh, which is what provides the uh, quality assurance is that it, when votes are hand counted, they're actually counted in the light of day so that people uh, can be sure that, yes, we agree on these votes. And, uh, you know, if there are disagreements about how to interpret a ballot, it is set aside and then it's scrutinized carefully. But, you know, this shouldn't be a multi-million dollar proposition. Twelve million dollars. Yeah, right. It's outrageous. And and, I I was going to bid on it and say, I'll do it for cheaper. (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and what what is wrong with this picture when, you know, when you go to withdraw money from a bank, you know, and, and you do it the old-fashioned way and you go to a teller, the teller counts the money behind the counter, you know, taking it out of the drawer, and then they count it again in front of your face. 
and so it's 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 ensured that the count is accurate. How is it that our votes matter less than a withdrawal from the bank, or why is it that our votes matter less than a call in a basketball game where you're not sure where the ball landed, so you just replay the instant replays and you look at it from a few different angles? You know, the quality because you know, I gee, I really hate to be the one to break it to you, but because sports are more important than voting. Did 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 someone forget to tell you? <laughs> did someone forget to break this news to you? <laughs> well, I guess that's the story, and that's why we are in such a state of uh, crisis, if I should say so. Right well, now, on a serious know. note, on a serious note, let's talk about some solutions here, so we don't get into doom and gloom. Uh, has your recount had a positive effect? Are there any states that seem to be adopting new techniques before the next election when we're going to have a problem all over again? We'll be, I'll, I'll be having you on the show and we'll be talking about this all over again. Yes, let's hope not. So let me say the really positive effect. And remember this, there were, uh, what was it, something like 160,000, I'll have to check the number exactly, but it was a huge number of people who came forward on Thanksgiving weekend to say, yes, let's do this, and I'm going to throw some money into the, into the pot. That's how we came up with the extraordinary amount of money. It was like $7.3 million, uh, in order to fund this thing. But what's been the effect? Have any states said, we have yes. this problem, we know it, we're going to do some something about are. it? Some are. Some are defensive and don't want to do anything, but some are actually uh, starting to look at this carefully, and some are beginning to propose legislation to fix it. This is what's gone on before, and there are states like New Mexico, which um, tried to hold a recount. It got shut down by their courts. This was back in 2004, I think. And they went on to have a legislative process, whereby they got rid of these electronic machines, these black box voting machines. Instead, people vote on pieces of paper. So you have have an enduring record, and that paper gets counted by the optical scanners, and then they have uh, statistical audits where they cross-check with a hand count against the scanners, uh, and they have automatic recounts if the race is very close or if there are other uh, red flags about, about the outcome. So there's an example of a state that did exactly the right thing. California has also re-examined their electronic machines and gotten rid of these touch screen machines where you don't have any paper record or not a meaningful paper record at any rate. So there are states that have done it right. And the most important thing, Rebecca, is that in each of these three states, people are on fire. It wasn't just 160,000 people that came forward to, to fund this. It was tens of thousands of people who came forward uh, as volunteers in order to make this happen. Or, or over 10,000, shall we say. I don't have the exact number, but a lot of people came forward as volunteers. So they continue to be an ongoing effort. There are also uh, ongoing court cases right now, which are still uh, in process, looking at what we found on the recount about all the obstructions to a process of transparency and accountability. We need that in our democracy, and that's what people are demanding. Well, we're going to talk about one of those uh, new obstructions when we come back on the other side of this break. Uh, so uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back with Jill Stein. You're listening to the Costa Report. you struggling with addiction or alcohol problems? If you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help. And the Affordable Care Act guarantees coverage of substance abuse. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-962-6969. 800-962-6969. I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven gentle recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-962-6969. 800-962-6969. 
People do not like going to the dentist unless they're going to this dentist. Hello, folks. Michael Olson here with Dr. Guy Peabody. How has healthcare changed with respect to dentistry over the past 20 years, doctor? Well, overall, healthcare has changed in a way where uh, people are being treated a little more like a number. Um, so one of the things we're excited about is we get to be that blast from the past. We're more of your Marcus Welby kind of office. Uh, we know our patients. We know their family members. Uh, we don't treat them like a number. And we give them the time and the care to give them the quality result they want. And they feel well cared for. What is the result when you've restored dental health to somebody who hasn't had any for a long time, what kind of change does that affect in them? Well, it, it brings about a tremendous sense of confidence within them and, uh, and peace of mind. Call Dr. Guy Peabody for our consultation today and wake up to a great smile tomorrow, 831-457-0343, or visit drpeabody.com. If you love cats, if you love dogs, or horses... Pigs, birds, or frogs, there's a lot of ways to help if you're sincere. With a little bit of money, or you can volunteer. You'll save a life when you adopt. You're just getting started. Please don't stop. Right here on the Monterey Bay, you can save some critters with the SPCAs. Open up your home, donate a car, or pull some bucks from your small change jar. Give a little love, share a little time, save a little life, gain peace of mind. All the SPCAs of Monterey Bay. Do you have a plan for your money? Does your money come and go like the tides? Do you just leave your finances to fate? Cash is always flowing, money is always moving, and if you don't manage it, it will move away from you. So many people actually spend more time planning their next trip to the dentist than they do something even more important like their retirement. You know what they say, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Don't leave your financial future to fate. Take charge. Listen to Money Moves every Thursday at 7 p.m. here on KSCO AM 1080. Money Moves is dedicated to providing you tips and tools so you can manage your own money effectively. No one cares about your money more than you do. Therefore, you need the skills to manage your money. Listen to Money Moves every Thursday at 7 p.m. here on KSCO AM 1080. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, my guest today is Dr. Jill Stein. And when we went to break, we were talking about removing the obstructions to changing the way we vote and tabulate votes, and also the recount process. And speaking of challenges, because of the recount in 2016, Wisconsin now seems to be working the problem from the wrong end. The legislature in Wisconsin recently introduced a new bill to make it more difficult to request a recount, which, which seemed very odd to me. The bill states that only aggrieved candidates that come within 1% of the winner's total votes may request a recount from here on in. Do you want to comment on that? <laughs> it makes the assumption that recounts are for candidates. That's totally wrong. Recounts are for voters, and they should be built in. It's just plain old quality assurance, and I think it reflects how out of touch uh, certain of our government institutions have become, that their goal seems to be to suppress the will of the people rather than ensure that it is respected by our voting system. So, in other words, when you look at the Wisconsin bill, it effectively says only the runner-up can challenge. Yeah, and the yeah. runner-up within one percent. Within one percent, yeah. yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's they've it's even like, narrowed it. They've even made it harder. Let, it, let's just should, call it for what it is. Yeah. This should be automatic. You know, recounts are not about serving candidates. They need to get that through their heads. This is about democracy. And the issue is not only 
pounding the vote. It's also ensuring that we have a constitutional right to vote. You know, another big problem here, in addition to the counting of the votes, is the people who are wiped off of the voter rolls or who are denied their right to vote through these very oppressive voter ID laws and this other new system called interstate cross-check, where the Secretary of State can just, like, throw your name off the voter roll because it looks like somebody else's name uh, in another state. There's absolutely no due process here whatsoever, and it really deprives people of our constitutional right to vote. So this is part, you know, of a of a whole series of obstacles which can be overcome. And I just want to mention, Rebecca, because you point out this is not all doom and gloom. You know, we've got a bunch of obstacles here, but we have people on fire who are really standing up, you know, uh, out in the streets like we haven't seen in generations. And part of what, you know, unites us, I think, is that we've got to start with democracy. If we're going to fix this stuff, our vote needs to really mean something. We are holding, in follow-up to the recounts in each of these states, we're holding a series of um, of conferences. And in fact, we have one coming up next weekend in Philadelphia, a voting justice conference for people to uh, basically uh, get together and ensure that we have good legislation <laughs> that's being proposed and to show our elected officials that this wasn't just a recount that came and went. This is about our burning desire for a democracy that belongs to us and that we can trust. So let me give you an opportunity here to clear up a misconception, because I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I cannot believe that accurate voting and accurate vote counting is become a partisan issue. How, how can that possibly? It's like it's like envir- the environment. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat, you still have to breathe the air and you need water. You need clean water and clean food. So I don't really, you know, as a scientist, I get, this goes into my head and I get very confused. (laughs) I don't understand why things that all human beings need become uh, political. So let me ask you this, because there are a lot of folks listening right now and they're saying, all right, I, I sort of agree with what's been said to this point, but who question your motives, who go to your motives and say, oh, well, she's saying all of that, but what she was really trying to do was show that Donald Trump didn't win and it was a partisan play. So, so straight clear that up for folks today, because that wasn't the basis or the reason why you asked for the recount, and it's not the reason you continue to work uh, in this area today. <laughs> Exactly. I think the race has been decided at this point. <laughs> you know, this it's is not over. About, yeah, exactly. This is about ensuring you're, you're that not, our democracy Let's put it this something. way. You're not delusional. You're not thinking that you're going to find something <laughs> and suddenly Donald Trump won't be president. So let's just get that out there. So how do you clear up that perception? Well, let me just say I think there's more than meets the eye to that disinformation campaign. You know, I think my campaign and the Green Party in general is regarded as a political threat, particularly the Democrats. And, you know, and the reality is there are a lot of disappointed Democrats out there right now. And there were a whole lot of people who were voting for Donald Trump, but not really for him. The majority of Trump voters were actually voting against a candidate that they really disliked, and that was Hillary Clinton, and the legacy of the Democratic Party, which has been part of, you know, shipping our jobs overseas, uh, approved the Wall Street deregulation that led to the meltdown of the economy, and then approved these ginormous Wall Street bailouts. So a lot of unhappy campers out there. In fact, you know, this was Uh, I think the most uh, disgruntled election we've ever had. The two candidates were the most distrusted in our history. People were really chomping at the bit for something else. 75% 75% of voters were screaming for open debates, but you know the debates are controlled by the Democratic and Republican parties. The largest group of voters out there right now are independents, and in fact, the numbers of people who identify with Democrats has taken a big uh, step backwards, interestingly enough. Yeah, but let's be clear. Let, yeah, but let's be clear about this. There was no reason a network could not have invited all candidates to do a debate in prime time. There's nothing to stop any of the networks to do that. 
Well, you you know what the um, one one network executive said? It was that uh, he didn't think Donald Trump was good for the country, but he sure was good for their bottom line. So, you know, unfortunately, the whole process has been really co-opted by forces that are not really interested in the uh, public interest, but are really driven by their own private interest and sort of the profiteering motive, which has taken precedence, as you point out, over our water, over our air, over the nature of our economy, over, you know, fraud prevention, over an accurate vote. And, um, you know, I think uh, there are people out there that were very alarmed when we were able to raise so much money so quickly. And so then they thought, oh, my goodness, there's an insurgent political force here. We need to shut it down. So I think there's a lot of kind of just, um, you know, uh, personal attacks and efforts to denigrate the recount simply because people are afraid that there's a political revolt going on, which, in fact, there is. But that's going to keep going. You know, I agree with you. I think voting is like motherhood and apple pie. How can we not want accurate voting it like it seems well, really here's the thing you know outrageous. when you when you look at recounts the there's only one candidate that stands to lose anything in a recount and that is the winner before the recount is uh, conducted and i think that's why people automatically say well a recount is not in donald trump's interest but it's in everybody else's interest so you must be against donald trump the fact of the matter is when you do a recount you don't know how it's going to go in in the yeah. wisconsin <laughs> recount and we talked about it didn't it, it wasn't a sampling of the lower income areas but trump came out with more votes so i don't understand where people are saying well a recount is agendized it need not be agendized sometimes the winner comes out with a higher margin and you know the debate is settled but regardless mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. how the recount comes out the numbers should be the same or it speaks to errors in the system and right. in close elections, those errors will be problematic. And I think that when you do a recount and you show that it doesn't matter if it's 1%, 2%, 3%, there are mistakes. I promise you, being in Silicon Valley, where you find 1% or 2 or 3% mistakes, there's more that you haven't found. So, you know, exactly. we need to get these systems. We've got technology now. We have the capability to get these results tallied right and to get people to be able to vote in a, in a less complicated way. We certainly are capable of doing that. We put people, you know, we're getting ready to put someone on Mars, for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> What's exactly. our excuse here on Earth? All right, we're going to take another quick break. Okay. We'll be right back with Jill Stein. You're listening to The Costa Report. I owed the IRS $10,000. The IRS garnished my wages. They put a lien on my house. The IRS is the most powerful collection agency in the world. They do not give up until you pay. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions Now, and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions Now, and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions Now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. Tax Solutions Now can get you help. Our agents know the rules can stop the pain and get you the best deal. We connect you with a team of former IRS agents and tax professionals who will get the IRS off your back. We saved our home and overcame the most powerful collection agency in the world. Call Tax Solutions now. Time is running out. Call 800-987-0577. I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellars, recent winners of the best sparkling wine in the U.S. in the Champagne and Sparkling Wine World Championship. Congratulations, Scott. Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. So what is it about your Brute Cuvée that beat all the other competitors around the world? We really focus on creating an expression of the Santa Lucia Highlands and doing it the right way. And when you control the process from the beginning to the end and you have talent like Michelle and top-tier grapes, they really shine through. This was a worldwide competition. It was definitely a humbling experience. We were in a room with producers that have been making wine for over 100, 200 years and was a huge honor to have Tom Stevenson give us the best you 
uh, Sparkling Wine Award. We fared really well overall. We had three wines win best of class, which was great. Visit the Caraccioli Tasting Room on Dolores Street in Carmel by the Sea, or find us online at caracciolicellars.com, or reach us by phone, 831-622-7722. Hi, registered pharmacist Ben Fuchs here. I've been studying healthy bodies for 35 years, and what I've got to tell you may shock and surprise you, but if you listen up, it may change your life. The most important thing to recognize about psoriasis, and for that matter, all skin issues such as eczema, acne, rosacea, is the fact that although these conditions appear on the skin, this is not where they begin. In fact, the rashes and plaques associated with psoriasis and the lesions and zits and itchiness represent the end of a cycle that begins most often as a defensive response to something that has entered into the blood and represent the body's attempt to protect itself. And this is why the predominant medical strategy for dealing with the condition involves anti-inflammatory and anti-immune medication. The digestive system is, in large part, where the immune system is housed. Be on the lookout for psoriatic flare-ups, digestive difficulties, or any other inflammatory symptoms, including joint pain and muscle soreness, and link them to foods which should then be eliminated. For some folks, animal foods can be problematic. In a 1983 study, psoriatic patient skin conditions improved both when fasting and when placed on a vegan diet. A good probiotic supplement is important, and make sure to get enough fiber. Try grinding flax and chia seeds, adding in some water and coconut milk for a delicious fiber-filled detoxifying pudding. Use vitamin A supplements and omega-3-filled fish oil. And make sure to get some sun. In addition to supporting skin-healing vitamin D, the ultraviolet radiation from the sun has anti-psoriasis effects all on its own. Pharmacist Ben here urging you to go to kscohealth.com to order Beyond Tangy Tangerine, the Healthy Start Pack, and other nutritional supplements that I personally use and recommend. You can purchase these premium quality products at wholesale prices online at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. I'm the pharmacist that believes that staying healthy and strong is not only about medicine, it's about giving your body the raw materials it needs to do its work. Go to kscohealth.com. Make sure you check out the cool videos, too, at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, my guest today is Dr. Jill Stein, and we have been talking about the importance of accurately tallying the votes of the American people. Now, along the lines of solutions that we should all be able to get behind, not long ago we had former governor of Vermont and chair of the Democratic Committee, uh, uh, Howard Dean, on the program, who is an advocate of ranked voting systems, which has recently been approved in the state of Maine. I believe you are also in favor of ranked voting, so I thought maybe you could explain how that works for some of our listeners who might not be familiar with uh, ranked voting. Great. And as as many people know, um, uh, in this last election, many people went to the polls and voted mainly against who they were afraid of rather than for a candidate that really represented their beliefs. We call that fear-based voting. And, you know, when you think about it, democracy needs a moral compass. It needs a positive vision to guide us forward, not just who do we hate the most, or who do we trust the least. Uh, And ranked choice voting solves that problem. So it basically lets you go into the voting booth, and instead of just voting for one person, it lets you rank your choices. Uh, So you could put your first choice might be an underdog. You could rank that person first and then have your second choice be your safety candidate. And what happens in ranked choice voting is if your first choice loses, your vote is automatically reassigned to your second choice. So it allows you to actually vote your values and not your fears and bring a moral compass and a vision for the future back to our democracy. The nice thing about it is that nobody can make the claim, which is what they do, that you're throwing your vote away if you vote for a candidate that you agree with but can't win. Exactly. And often it's the fear thing that uh, creates a situation where a candidate can win, you know, or can't mm-hmm. win. And in fact, if you get rid of the fear, you might find, well, you know, a lot of people supported Bernie Sanders, you know, in this race, who went to vote for Donald Trump because they didn't know that there was another Bernie Sanders type alternative out there 
because our debates were closed. And that's another problem which could be easily fixed. And in fact, that's in the courts now too. Uh, we're involved, Green Party's involved in two court cases. And there's a possibility we may be able to open up the debates, which would be really wonderful. But in the meantime, you know, there's this other solution which the state of Maine passed. And in fact, many cities around the country already use it. And uh, what Maine did was propose it on a statewide level, and they uh, they passed it. So any state can do this, in fact, uh, and end this problem of splitting the vote or spoiling the election. You know, it's outrageous to think that voting your values is spoiling the election. You know, in many ways, an election is spoiled if it doesn't really reflect what you want. So this is a win-win for everybody. Yeah, what's great about Maine is that we now have a test lab, right? We've got a whole state doing it, and it'll be interesting to see how that affects the election results. But even before Maine uh, decided to go this route, it's very interesting that you have very high-ranking Democrats and extremely high-ranking Republicans like John McCain, for example, who are in favor of ranked voting. So I don't understand why everybody can't get together. You like it, they like it, and they like it. Why can't we all get together and, and uh, you know, start a movement for ranked voting? Mm-hmm. This is a no-brainer. And, in fact, the first time I was tricked into running for public office, which was back in 2002 when I ran for governor in Massachusetts, uh, I worked with a uh, Democratic uh, legislator to actually file a bill that would create ranked choice voting in the governor's race so that there would be no splitting of the vote, no spoiling of the election. And we have a legislature with about 85% Democrats. They could have passed it in the blink of an eye and ensured that there would have been no you know, adverse outcome because of having another progressive voice in the race. But they wouldn't let it out of committee, which says to you there's something funny going on here, like that the political establishment wants to use this uh, threat of a spoiled election. Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I see too. so much. I see so much positive support for ranked voting in every political uh, uh, ideology. That yes, uh, you would think not... that we'd we'd be able to jump on one thing we, we can should. all agree on. You know, we let's should. just get it together on one thing we can agree on. Unfortunately, Dr. Stein, we are we are almost out of time. So let me take this opportunity to thank you for your public service and also making time to speak with us. I hope you'll come back and visit us again soon. Thank you, Dr. Thanks Stein. Thanks so much. And it's till2016.com for those who'd like to stay in touch. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Great talking with you. And speaking of service, what do you plan to serve for dinner tonight? Because if you're like me, you're stuck in a dinner rut. You eat the same things over and over and over again. And while they might taste okay, how fresh is your dinner? Well, have I got a solution for you. And it's so easy and so fresh and so delicious, you'll never revisit that rut again. The company's called Blue Apron. And all you do is go to blueapron.com, choose a meal, And Blue Apron ships all of the fresh ingredients for that meal along with easy step-by-step instructions right to your front door. Folks, if I can do it, anyone can do it. I'm a person that's a hard time turning on my computer in the morning. And here's the best part. The ingredients are sourced from 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers who are committed to sustainability and regenerative farming. And, they, and Blue Apron does it all for under $10 a person. Last night, I tried their roasted pork with apple and walnut farro salad. And tonight, I can't wait to get home and dive into crispy barramundi with quinoa and roasted carrot salad. Does that just sound so good? And while you're at their website, be sure to try my favorite My all-time favorite, cashew chicken stir-fry with tango mandarins and jasmine rice. You cannot go wrong. That cashew chicken is addicting. And because I have become an addict of opening my door to find everything I need to make a delicious gourmet dinner, Blue Apron is offering listeners of the Costa Report the first three meals free, plus free shipping for trying it out. Three gourmet meals and shipping for free when you place your order at blueapron.com slash Costa. 
But remember to put the slash Costa in there to get the three free meals and three and free shipping. One more time, blueapron.com slash Costa. Blueapron.com slash Costa. I'm telling you, this is one of the best things when it comes to getting everyone in the family in the kitchen cooking something fresh and delicious together. Uh, it's great if you want to get your kids involved in cooking or, or even your spouse uh, because, you know, you can try a number of meals you've never made before and then everyone gets to enjoy it afterwards. And that, my friends, does it for hour number one of this program this week. If your station is leaving us after the first hour and you have a question or a comment to make about our interview with Jill Stein, you can email me at RebeccaCosta.com or drop me a note on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. And if you miss the full interview with Stein, you can download the entire episode from our website at RebeccaCosta.com. That's my name.com, Apple iTunes, Podbean, and our YouTube channel. I love to hear from you. And you can talk to other listeners. I actually, I don't have somebody else uh, answering your emails. <laughs> I wish I, I, I know I have a cast of thousands here that answer your emails. No, I answer them. Me, the host. So uh, take a chance. You can go to our website, RebeccaCosta.com, There's and then click on the contact page. There's a big white box there that allows you to type away, type whatever, however you're feeling uh, in that box, and uh, rest assured you will get a response from me personally. I'd love to know what you think about the recount. Uh, I'd like to know what you think about this interview with uh, Jill Stein uh, and what her basis for calling for a recount is. And I would love to hear if you would support a ranked voting system. Uh, if you don't know about a ranked voting system, get some information online. Uh, but I'll tell you, it's it's a way for people not to pigeonhole you and tell you that your candidate can't win. So why bother to vote or why bother to vote for them? And it keeps people from having to vote for candidates that they don't really support, uh, not in their heart, but they but who don't want to waste their vote. My guest next week is analyst and former Yale professor Michael Oslin, who says China's new law controlling foreign NGOs marks a return to insularity. What does that mean for U.S. trade relations and businesses operating in China? Find out next week when the one and only Michael Oslin joins us right here on the only weekly news program that puts policy ahead of politics. Now stay tuned for a second hour of Straight Talk Radio. You're listening to The Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 